you are listening to Grit and Grace, where we encourage, uplift, and talk about the traumas and adversities that we and our guests have survived and how we overcame them. So I'm really excited to have Katie on the show with us today. Um, I met Katie probably, I don't know what, like three years ago? Three, yeah, three years ago. Three-ish years ago. Three years ago. Yep, yeah, like and I've personal trained her and she is here to share her story with overcoming grief. So we are very grateful and blessed to have you on the show. I give a lot of credit to Nikki for helping me overcome my grief. A little background to my story is I um, found out I was expecting baby number four uh, around Thanksgiving of 2016. And then a couple weeks later, my husband ended up in the emergency room through running a bunch of tests, found out right around Christmas time at Mayo that he had two forms of stage four lung cancer, never smoked habitually or whatever. Life kind of got turned upside down. Um, Wasn't expecting baby number four at all. She was a sweet surprise. And then um, my husband's cancer was pretty progressive. We're back and forth to Mayo for about five months and then we lost him in May. So I was still um, like seven months pregnant. Had little Delaney Joe in July and her name is Delaney Joe because that was my husband's initials, David John. So um, that's how we came up with her name and life just got busy. I was a new mom with a new infant and three other kids at home. I had I had quit my job because I was kind of forced to. And I started going to a counselor and she at one point said, you need to find something to do for yourself. <laughs> and so I think anyone that's a mom knows that that's hard. And at that point in my life, I wanted pretty much, I just wanted to go to a bar probably, or just sit on my couch and not do anything. Um, and instead I pulled into the parking lot at Empower and found Nikki and she, um, she was good for me. Really good. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, worked me through a lot of just having bad days. Yeah, she yeah, it's it's really incredible. Um, Nikki's been there for a lot of women, and um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm just learning more about Nikki myself. We grew up together, but seeing what she's done in the community of Yankton and the impact that she's had on women, not only physically, obviously, um, yeah. you know owning a gym, but, but mentally, and she's even given me a boost since we've reconnected. And it's, it's so important to have people like that in your corner. Yeah, she definitely. Became, yeah. You're making me cry. <laughs> I know. Sorry. She became a lot more to me than a trainer. That's for sure. And, um, yeah, in contact. And I still think of my journey through fitness was similar to what I go through now, you know, just in a different way, but you hit bumps in the road and you have to decide what's going to push you through it. And um, you have to find, climb those mountains and jump those hurdles and get off the couch and do it. So whether you're doing life or doing fitness or whatever it is, you just got to get back up and go. You mentioned you went to a counselor and did you continue seeing that counselor? Do you still seek counseling? What, what does your life look like now? What do you use for your coping and um, things like that? Yeah, right now, I would say I still rely on fitness. Um, I do, you know, I have a doctor and she takes care of me too if I need any medicine or anything like that. But she, her, always her thing, first thing that she says to me is, are you working out? And she knows that that has, she does. And she knows that um, for my anxiety, that is 
the best thing I can do for myself. So I still rely on that, but more than anything, I just rely on my safety net of people that I've surrounded myself with, my friends and my family that have that were there through the hardest times in my life and are still there for me, the same people. You learn to let go of the people that quit showing up and focus on what you need. You don't need to be bogged down with anyone else's drama or struggles if they're making you feel bad about something you're going through. You just kind of let them go. And I think um, I don't use counseling currently. I did see someone last winter in Sioux City and I loved, um, loved her. I feel like I, you know, I was going to someone in Yankton and I moved. And so I lost touch with her just because of, it wasn't simple anymore to get there. But I, I feel like I would go back to my lady um, that I met. Um, she worked me through, it was called EMDR. I just said I had like PTSD, which is what mm. a lot of um, people through any type of the struggle like this, anything traumatic. Um, she just said that is what my life was. And so I had little things that would trigger lots of anxiety, things that I have great days. Most days are great days, but little things like my daughter turned 14 and I bawled all day. Those are the days yeah. that are hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. proud of her. And I know he would have been so proud of her. And so yeah, Absolutely. those are the days that you think you're going to wake up and be so excited for the day and you try to push through and it stays like that. I wasn't expecting to be sad, but I was. I think <sighs> the biggest thing is just, just showing up and staying positive and showing up yeah. for yourself and being showing up for my kids is the biggest thing and um, just have really great people that support me. What your ages of kids are and how they're coping may or may not be different or how you have to support them through this as well. What does that kind of look like? Well, that's been so different. Like Addie, she was 10 um, when it happened, when he passed and she was like his right-hand little girl, you know, they went hunting together and fishing together and they did all those things. She's now 14. So I feel like she, but I think she um, kind of bottles, she's kind of bottles her emotions up and she's fine. She just always says, I'm fine. Doesn't want to talk about it. Every once in a while, she'll talk about it. And she is just thriving here. She's doing so, so well, top of her class, um, has great friends, um, just doing so well. Um, the next little one would have been Ainsley would have been seven and she is more emotional. But again, I think most of the time we all have good days. It's little things will trigger them, little things that they wish their dad was here or that they miss him, um, his birthday, his Memorial Day. And she, but she's more, she's easier to talk to about it. She will come to me and want to talk about it. Ty would have been three. He's the one I kind of sometimes worry about the most. You know, you kind of, at the time you think, oh, he won't really remember or he did, wasn't old enough to have a connection. But I think because I've always been so worried about my oldest two, that maybe he got a little lost. He's doing great, but I think it's still very confusing for him to know where is his dad and what was his dad like and what is the role of this new guy that I'm with and um, how, how to kind of fit sometimes because he's little, you know, he's younger. And so I have, you know, between the Sean and I now, we have four big kids. We have two 14 year olds and two 11 year olds. So they're like our big kids. And then we have Ty who's seven and then Delaney. Um, Sean is all she knows. She's, she was, I, he was gone when I had her. Um, 
And that is something I don't wish on anyone to go through those labor and delivery and all that good stuff without that person by your side. Um, But again, surround yourself with the people that love you. And she, I think sometimes she gets confused and it's so cute because she'll be like, she'll call him her dad or whatever. She'll be like, is he my dad? And it's like, it's still kind of a little awkward, you know, with all of us here trying to figure out how that works. But she really, that's all she knows. I mean, he met her. Um, I was right out a year out of um, post Dave passing when I met Sean. And so she was like nine months old. She was just a little tyke and it's still just hard. It's like, you know, when you kids go to school, kids talk about, you know, my dad and my dad does this with me or I did this. And I think that just gets, because they're so young, sometimes I think they just get more confused. Yeah. It's hard to really address it. And it's hard to figure out how to talk to them about it. Sometimes I know I have good counselors in my back pocket if I need it. Um, I know like I've always made a point to talk to the school counselor every year or their teacher just to make sure that they're aware. Um, because even though it's a small town, not everyone knows why I'm here or what happened. And so to make sure the teachers are aware and if they see anything or if they're talking about, you know, because they have those things, they talk about Father's Day or they talk about Mother's Day or they talk about whatever. And just to make sure that everyone's aware. And that's always tricky. You don't want to make it that that's all your life is about, but at the same time, it's only fair that people know. Yes, it needs to be acknowledged for sure. Has, um, how has the loss of your husband, has that changed your daily habits um, as far as the way you eat or, you know, the, the things that you have around the kids or, or just emotionally wise, like how, how has that changed? I think that's kind of weird. Um, I think back in cooking and was the hardest thing to go back to after he passed, just because that's who you cook for. I mean, if you're married and you have right. kids, kids are fine on mac and cheese and hot dogs and <laughs> but it's the husband that's like, where's my meat and potatoes? Or, you know, they want something more. And so I feel like that's who I was cooking for. Um, right. So I think that was a really hard thing to find um, my motivation to want to get back to that. And I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise, the relationship I'm in now. He's simple and kind of picky. And so it almost has made it like, I don't have to, I still don't have to deal with that. I could, it's still like feeding another kid. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> um, I cook sometimes and I have found some joy in cooking again, but those things have changed a little bit. Um, things that used to be, I think I just really um, try not to get hung up on the small stuff. I mean, and parenting is hard, you know, just trying to make sure that you're making the right decisions and at the same time, not dwelling on things that in the big picture aren't that important. Um, remembering that you just never know when your time is your time and yeah, don't dwell on the fact that your kids aren't wearing the same same socks or <laughs> things like that that used to drive me crazy. Yeah. It's definitely been some struggles with figuring that out and with being in a new relationship, I give Sean a lot of credit. Um, It's hard. And I always have to put myself in his shoes. Like it's easy to feel like I'm the victim or I'm the one that's going through something, but he's also going through something. He has to be my strength when I need him and um, deal with the idea that I miss, I miss my past sometimes, you know, it's so hard because I can be totally happy now, but still miss what I had or miss him. And 
he has to hear that sometimes. And so those have created bumps because I'm sure that's hard. You don't want to hear about someone that's not you, that your loved one loves so much or cared about so much that it's hard for her to get up some days or whatever. So, Well, I'm so happy for you that you have found a partner that is strong and supportive and secure enough for you to be able to share that that deep part of your life. That is a beautiful thing. It's been really good. When, you know, you said Nikki was, had a huge impact on your life when you, you know, rolled into the gym. Do you think it was mostly, you know, having a directive and getting physical and the endorphin release? And it was also, I'm sure, um, the mental aspect of having someone to talk to. do you think one or the other was greater or was it just kind of a combination of everything and just kind of someone being um, at the right place at the right time? Yeah, she definitely was at the right place at the right time for me. Um, I'll never forget when I was struggling, you know, she was doing my macros and we were doing the gym and I probably wasn't following my plan. And I remember I was struggling. <laughs> my, um, my, the scale wasn't moving and I felt like I was working my butt off with her. And I remember just being kind of frustrated one day and she said this is your journey like this is yours and I think those words again those words are so many so much for so many parts of my life like you have to get up and make it your journey and make the decisions that fit for your life and um I think there was that aspect um I think again having someone one-on-one with me for an hour three days a week where I just focused on me and we talked about me and our life and um you know how many moms do that how many moms spend an hour three days a week just focusing on them and i think because like i said i hadn't i had quit working and i got so busy with the kids and when they were at school i what was i gonna do you know i think i lost lost part of me and my grief um and so it just gave me an outlet of something to focus on i was focusing on my food and I was focusing on my what my workouts and it just gave me something else to think about besides how shitty life had become. I think having these social communities, whether it be podcasts or Facebook communities, um, especially when you're in a smaller community like Yankton, um, are huge. Um, The first Facebook community I joined was the, I think it was called Hot Young Widows Club. And what a great name. The the lady that started that was, her name was Nora McInerney and she does like live stuff as she went through something very similar. Um, And she's amazing to listen to. And even now when I'm having days, I don't listen to her as often, but um, the community that she developed on Facebook, you can find someone that is going through the same things and you can rely on them and you can lift each other up through a couple of messages and um, little things like that to know that you're not alone because I went from a small community to a very small community where I live now. And there's no, I mean, you do feel sometimes kind of isolated. There's not a lot of people that understand your story um, that can really help you unless they've been there. Um, even my daughter says it perfectly. Like when I'm trying to console Addie, my 14 year old, she'll be like, you have no idea what I'm going through. You still have your dad. And even though we went through the loss of the same person, it's totally different for her than it is for me. And so finding those um, outlets for each one of us that makes sense 
um, when when it's needed has been huge that we have these social communities that somebody out there is telling their story and you can find them through a couple of searches usually and that's been very helpful parenting is hard when you um yeah when you're by yourself and wanting to make the right choices and hoping you're not screwing your kids up like we all worry about anyways um so yeah there's people out there to talk to about that too um so those are great to have so i really love that you guys are doing this is there anything now that because uh, so a lot of people talk about how you know you don't have to wait until something significant happens to start living your life or that you know they'll talk about you know all these things happen like we wait until we're either sick we lose someone blah blah before we start making actual changes right and do you think that you would have done lived any differently had you have known that a circumstance like an event like this was going to happen you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're probably living a little bit differently now than you were before in regards to your loved ones. I think um, my biggest thing, I feel like we, Dave and I worked so hard to build that business. We put a lot yeah. of hours and time and hours and sleepless nights and stress and conversations into trying to build something up um, that would, you know, be handed down to our children or to kind of be that legacy. And Thankfully, it got to a point where I do think that it lived on as his legacy a little bit. Um, but I would, looking back, I would really emphasize not to work yourself, not to work so much that you don't find time to do stuff that you love um, and be with the people you love. Really work hard to find that balance. Work is important. Work has to be done. We're all, we got to pay bills. We got to do this. We got to do that. Um, and I think having a good work ethic is very important as people. I think knowing how to work is a very good thing. Um, but finding that balanced to know when it's time to take a time out, to go to the park with your kids, to go to a movie, to go for a drive, um, knowing when it's time to take a time out um, for your loved ones is more important than any work will ever be. But that's one thing that I even talked to my, um, you know, my spiritual advisor about, and I work a lot. And I try that balance thing, but one of my goals, like moving forward is even though I'm present with my kids, I'm not fully present with them. And I've noticed that, you know, I'll be on my phone responding because someone messaged me or, and it's, it's, it is silly things that I know can wait, like mindless stuff that I'm doing instead. Like the other day I was playing Uno with Eli and I was not even really focused on the game because I was on my phone at the same time. So really trying to like literally... <laughs> put my phone like in a whole different room no. so that I can focus on what I'm doing at that specific time. Because I, I am very guilty of that in my experience. I, I don't know why, but for some reason, well, but I care more about what other people think about me than my own damn family. Like mm -hmm. I would spend more time making sure that so-and-so is okay than my own son. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad to say, but it's, I find it's true for me and for some others. We, we just always, we take for granted what is in front of us, or at least I do. As we all know, things can happen in, in, a, in a second and then our life is changed forever. Yep. I think that's where I stress it the most is just, you know, you're going to have fights with your significant other, or you're going to yell at your kids. All those things are still going to happen, but yeah. just... <laughs> 
do it and move on. Like don't dwell on it. Don't make it, it doesn't need to be a big thing. Um, don't take for granted that people are always going to be there. Yeah. Cause I think Nikki, you're exactly like Dave was a workaholic. And so I think he always worried about is the customer happy and I'll go do this. And can I do something more for that customer to make them come back again and to make them want my business. And, you know, he just, yeah, his wife and his kids were always going to be there for him. It didn't matter if he spent five more minutes with the customer, we're still going to be at home when he gets there. And so they do, they, and it's not just him. It's a lot of people I've done it. We all do it. We all take for granted what's in front of us. I don't have to be as mindful about it. It becomes a little bit more automatic for me to not take that for granted now, to not have to really think about it. Um, I'm still guilty of it, but it's a little bit easier to understand. I think it's so great to acknowledge that, you know, we live in 2020, we are surrounded by distractions in the palm of our hand on every screen. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, as you can see, I mean, I used to be a straight up hoarder and now I am pretty uh, minimal. I'm just purging my life because I get so easily distracted and I've been really focusing on that as well. You know, spending, I want quality time and I want real yeah. relationships and deep conversations. I don't want to find myself mindlessly scrolling, which I've done thousands of times. I mean, have you ever looked at screen time and it yells at you and it's like, uh, excuse me, you've spent seven hours on your phone. And it's like, <laughs> why do I even have this? Yeah. So I'll just like plug it in, in a room and forget about it all day. And those are the best days of my life. So exactly. it's, it's just really cool to remember that. I'm super happy that we got connected. Like, I feel like you've changed my life too. Just like talking about like that whole time that you were with me and you're going to make me cry. I hate that. But, um, there's, I, I truly believe that there's a reason why God puts people in our lives mm -hmm. and paying attention more to those, more to those, um, interactions that come in my life are like, it's as if a light bulb goes off. I'm like, there's, there's no other reason than God um, in, in my experience that you're in my life and that other people have walked in my life and all of these things. So um, I'm grateful that you are a part of my life, even though we don't talk all the time, no. but um, I still love you and adore you. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm so happy that watching you from when I first met you to where you are now is is amazing and I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, you definitely were put, saw your sign. I think I was driving from my counselor when I saw the sign to your gym and I was like, I'm gonna message that chick when I got home. <laughs> I was like, either gonna, I, I, just, I don't know if I'd even really heard of you otherwise. I don't know if it was really a recommendation. I just decided to message you and figure out what the heck I was gonna do, so. Perfect timing. Yeah. I just want to thank you, Katie, for the perspective. Nikki, when you say that she's changed your life, undoubtedly, I mean, just hearing you speak today has changed my life and had an impact. So thank you for um, your perspective and your narrative. And just, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to help so many people by just opening up and talking about it. So for our listeners, you're listening to the Grit and Grace podcast. That was Katie's story, sharing her personal journey on um, the loss of a partner. If you want more info on seeking help or support for grief and loss and going through that, um, you can visit the Cancer Support Center at csn.cancer.org or hit up the Facebook group, Young Hot Widows. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully find some, some help there.
thank you for listening. <laughs> Some days I can get through this stuff without having any emotion. And then the next day I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be bad. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thanks Katie. Right. Thanks ladies. It was nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Nice meeting you. Bye. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.